Welcome to CBS Soap Dish Recap, a podcast about your favorite CBS soaps. Each week, we deliver the best hard-hitting analysis of the previous week of The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. Now, here's your hosts. Well, hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Just had Petey got out and I had to run outside because, you know, it's we're in Houston. You can't have your dog off a leash and Petey doesn't need to be off a leash. I had to run, live next to a park and I had to take off running. And then I remembered, wait, when your dog runs away from you, don't chase them. They'll just think it's a game. Fall down. (laughs) So I threw myself in the grass. (laughs) And he came over. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a perfect technique. (laughs) I learned that on um, one of those shows where the rescuers, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, anyway, I digress. I'm just, I was a sweaty mess. So I apologize for being a little bit late. Oh, no worries. No worries. The dog was in a happy mood this morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good. He was in a, I'm talking about your dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you, oh, yes. Okay. Yes, he was. And I'll tell you what, that pup is, he weighs about 75 pounds and he thinks he weighs three pounds and he is just a bundle of love. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. He's a sweet. That's cute. All right. So let's go ahead and get the show started. Um, welcome to CBS Selfish Recap, where Trish and I recap both The Young and the Restless and the bold and the beautiful. This is for the week of the 12th through the 16th for the Young and the Restless. So normally what we do, if you're new here, we usually recap the Young and the Restless first. Then we do the bold and the beautiful. And then we have two segments now. Our flip the script segment, which is if there's a particular scene or storyline that you wish you could change, that's where we flip the script. And then who's going to take some seats this week? Who, who, who? And I have a list of folks who I'm opening up the auditorium for this week. (laughs) We'll be in a stadium soon. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. So without any further ado, let's go ahead. I'm going to give a summary of this particular uh, week of The Young and the Restless, and then we'll break down the storylines. So for The uh, Young and the Restless for the week of September 12th through the 16th, Nick and Sally, I was going to say Nilly. Now, is that their name? Nilly. Yeah, Nally. Nally, yeah. or, or, Or Snick. Snicky. Snicky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, both Nick and Sally had sex this week, not once, but twice. Yeah. Sally rejected Adam's attempt to reconcile. Nate quit his job at Chancellor Winners. Nate offered to help Victoria secure majority interest in Chancellor Winners if she put him in control of the company. And Diane accused (laughs) Phyllis of attempting to set her up. So I will say this week compared to last week, we have um, only a few storylines because most of the week was around this particular situation. Yep. Okay. Let's go ahead and knock Diane and Phyllis out of here. So who do you think put that file 
on Diane's computer. Do you agree with um, Diane that it's possibly Phyllis? Or do you agree with Summer that this is a setup by Diane? I just don't think Phyllis is that stupid. Really? I really don't because everyone knows that she's a computer expert mm -hmm. and she would be the obvious choice. And everyone knows that she hates Diane. So she would be the obvious choice. To me, it's just too obvious. I don't well, know who did it, but it's just too obvious to be. Yeah, I don't know who did it, but I'm on the opposite side of the fence. <laughs> And not because, you know, I'm trying to support Diane or anything, sure. but but the thing is, when Nikki called before heading out to L.A. Mm -hmm. um, to Phyllis to say, hey, make sure you're taking care of your end over at Marchetti, mm -hmm. that it, it kind of pushed me in that direction because, I mean, yes, is it too easy? Uh -huh. Yes, too easy but I don't know it's it, we know what they did in regards to Talia Morgan a couple weeks ago right? right we don't know where this file came from no and the thing with Talia is you know you can talk to anybody verbally and unless it's recorded or someone's reading your lips if they're not in the conversation they cannot prove what you actually talked about but right technology there are electronic fingerprints Right. And there are timestamps and dates. And I don't care how good you are. It, someone is better than you and they're going to be able to figure it out. And Phyllis isn't stupid. She knows that. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see how this comes out. And if it is Phyllis, I'm going to think, wow, that was pretty lazy writing. Yeah, it could be lazy. That's, that's the other thing. Is this just lazy writing? If it yeah, comes I, I don't know. Say it again. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, though. And I hope that it's not Phyllis. Mm -hmm. Because then um, she will have held her word. Mm -hmm. her and I really don't want her to break her word to Summer again. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, with me, that ship has sailed. Because she uh, sat up repeatedly and lied to her own daughter several times about this. I mean, she's been gaslighting her daughter for the past couple months. Yeah. So indefensible. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if I don't know if she really didn't give Summer a clear answer at all and maybe dodged her. Yeah, but she clearly has been lying to her face. She outright lied. There's no question. You know, so I, I just. I know Keisha and I, and I know she probably listened to this podcast. She sent me a message uh, earlier this week, and I'll, I'll read it about the whole Diane thing. And shout out to Keisha. She's over there fighting for our country. So hopefully she'll be back next month because her, her deployment will be coming to an end soon. Fantastic. But, Yay, Keisha. Okay, so she says, I know Phyllis and Diane don't like each other, but you... But you not talk about, okay, but don't talk mess about my mom to my face. They both do it, and I would have cussed Diane out with the way that she walked into the house ranting. Mm -hmm. Now, that's her thoughts. Yeah. I said, you, so you don't believe Diane, even though we know both Nikki and Phyllis are doing what they're doing. Even Summer herself has suspicions. She said, oh, I'm not saying I don't believe her. I just think the way she talked about Phyllis to Summer is out of line, calling her conniving. 
I wouldn't care what someone thinks my mom did. You're not going to be disrespectful to about her while I'm in the room, even outside of this conversation. Both of each of them have, is, is one of the other's kids. That's not cool. Now, my thing is, and I just like I told you, I said I got zero sympathy for Summer or Phyllis because Phyllis has been gaslighting her daughter about this whole scheme for months. And Summer knows what her mom is capable of, but she's trying to play dumb. Summer busted her with Talia, so if Diane throws those accusations around, so be it because she's allowed and... (laughs) actually i called her mom a hyena (laughs) (laughs) i mean because i just don't like what phyllis is doing i just don't like it and her daughter is putting so much faith in her yeah and i mean you know the same could be said that when when kyle was a kid he had all the faith in the world in his mom and look at what she did and right there is nothing that phyllis could do to diane that would be worse than what Diane ever did unless you unalived her. That's the only way it could be worse than what Diane did to her son and to everybody else. So to me, regardless of the fact that it's happening to Diane for Diane to come in at judgment like that, after everything that she's pulled and try to say, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better when she's really not because she connived her way back in with the whole situation with Jack's granddaughter. So to me, Diane is no different than she was. She can plead her case all day long, but the way she got back to where she is now is the same conniving, manipulative biatch that she was before she played dead. And so to me, she can reap what she sows. That Mm -hmm. said, I really don't want Phyllis ruining her relationship with her daughter. That's my issue. I mean, it's that's why as much as Diane, because here's the thing, everybody's been throwing mud at each other. So Kyle, I mean, in regards to uh, Phyllis and um, Nikki, they're trying to unearth her out of Kyle's life at this point. For sure they are. And then on the flip side, Diane threw mud at her mom. So they all are doing stuff to the each other. Yeah. So, no, I mean, if you go back to how it all went down, quite frankly, Diane tried to throw mud over Nikki and take her away from her kids by basically getting her blamed for a non-murder. Uh, you know why I stand with that. Don't put yourself in the position to get blamed. You shouldn't have been there in that park in the first place. <laughs> Diane either. <laughs> I mean, they who, who idea was that? Was that, you know, was it, was it Nicholas? Somebody asked her to come there. Everybody else came on their own. I cannot remember who it was. I would literally, it has, unfortunately, my brain doesn't remember like it used to, but I do remember that everybody was mad at Diane. Everybody Mm -hmm. had a reason to hate her because she, she did it. She did all the nasty, awful things to, to warrant everyone absolutely hating her with a passion. And, um, and she was alive the whole time. So I don't know. I mean, to me, that is beyond unforgivable. So that's one of the reasons why I want Diane to reap what she sows because of what, I mean, you don't have your son or your child think that you're dead and mourn for decades and then come back in and think that it's, you're just going to skip through. But that's on Kyle though. And he's chosen 
to actually work through that. That's the difference. Everybody else is doing what they want. They need to actually take, if they take a step back, like that conversation Victoria had with Nikki this week, she specifically out, uh, outright asked Nikki, is Diane doing anything to you right now? And the first thing, hesitantly, she said was, well, no, okay then. <laughs> and like Victoria said, it's like, well, why won't you just try to figure this out and do something differently? Because they got a business to run. I mean, you run around trying to dig up dirt and all this other stuff. Let Diane implode on her own so your hands will be clean. That's how she got into this whole situation in the first place with being accused with murder because she stuck her hand in something that she didn't need to. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I see that point, but when you're in a small town and you're running into the person who literally almost stole your life over a lie and the person was laughing it up, living their life the whole time, and you still have really that trauma. Steal, mm -hmm. Did she really steal her life, though? I mean, you have to take accountability for the choices that you made. And so even though... Not you, person. I'm not talking about you. Oh, no, the general you, of course. <laughs> the general you. And so, I mean, the thing is, is that, yeah, she, but her intent was specifically there to attempt to murder her. You got to take accountability for that. Now, granted, she didn't go to jail and Diane is still alive, but her original tent, intent was exactly that. No, she, she, didn't. she that. didn't go there to murder her. She went there to confront her. Well, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. You the one picked up the rock. You the one did all of that. But so she my, picked up the rock when she came after her. That's well, put yourself in the park. Anything could happen. You wasn't supposed to be there. That conversation was supposed to happen with somebody else. You found out that she was going to be there and you went there anyway. Either way, Diane has her issues that she needs to own up to and she has uh, accountability to take as well from everything that she's done, especially Absolutely. with her son. Yeah. However, with her son, he's allowing a different take to this. And I got to respect him for that. You know, if he wants to handle that that way and say, hey, mom, you know, we missed out on some time. I'm putting you on a short leash. But at the same time, you know, I want to see what we can do. All I can do is say, okay, with that. Especially if your, if your mom or your dad come back from the dead. And like I said, I probably have a soft spot for that because that's what's happened. That's what happened with my kids. So, you know, oh if there goodness. was an opportunity for their dad to come back, I would be like, whatever. Let them yeah. That, no, I totally <laughs> get it. I totally get it. And, um, you know, I was thinking about the whole um, him keeping her on a short leash and everything. Mm -hmm. And I look at the way she charged through the door and just starts denigrating his wife and mom. And mm -hmm. to me, like you said, if you bust through my door and start talking about my mom like that, you're going to have some, there's going to be a big problem. Yeah, that was Keisha that said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's sacred ground. So shut your mouth unless you want a big fat fist in it. <laughs> Don't talk about my mom. Well, I think they both need to back off. I they mean, really honestly, do. Oh, what was it? Um, keep my mom's name out of your mouth. Yeah, you know, if you want Diane's to keep, not you, but if, if they want Diane to keep um, uh, uh, Phyllis out of her mouth, 
it works both ways. Y'all got to, and I think that's supposed to be a conversation that's supposed to be happening next week because we're going to get more context on this whole thing and get into the bottom of, uh, you know, the whole situation with this file on the computer. Yeah, and I did see one of the lines in the, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, one of mm-hmm. the lines on the spoiler said that Phyllis uh, Phyllis gets a shock or Phyllis gets a surprise or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what that's about, but I'm looking forward to finding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. Plus, the crossover happens next week, too. Yeah, so. that's going to be I good. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'm more interested in the espionage storyline. So, oh, that's going to be so good. I am so upset with Nate. Yeah, I, you know my thing is, and we'll get there. I think the storylines that I'm most interested in. I mean, this whole thing with Diana Phyllis is absolutely ridiculous, but it's ludicrous. That, I mean, yeah. how old are we now? Right, and the the storyline with espionage with Nate and this whole triangle between Adam, Nick, and Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. But anywho, let's finish up this whole thing with Diane and Phyllis. So yeah, I, I honestly I agree with what you and Keisha is saying about clapping back at somebody's mom, but it worked both both ways. They're doing it to each other. You know, so I mean, because there's times when Phyllis jumped in Kyle's face about Diane. So y'all, both of y'all need to go in your corners and be quiet. Right. Where's the bell? (laughs) (laughs) The round is over. Take your score. Take your corner. (laughs) Now, let's move on to this other part of this thing with Diane and that conversation with Jack, because she said that. She would be in, you know, she's having second thoughts about even working for the company. If I was her, I would walk away because that's going to unearth a lot of other things. So if she says, you know what, Kyle, I'm going to keep our relationship intact. I don't want to be a part of this chaos at the job. I think I'm just going to find something else and then we'll just deal with our relationship away from business. Right. But that would also show the true motives of Phyllis because now that she's not there, mm-hmm. is Phyllis going to be like, oh man, what am I here for? Right. Or it's going to really show whether or not she's really truly involved and engaged in being in the job, working with her daughter, or if this was a truly a plot just to get next to Diane. Yes, that's all of the above, all of the above. And I don't believe Diane would ever give one inch in any of this because she is such a narcissistic, selfish individual. Every single sentence that she starts is I. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds. It does seem like Jack wanted he's slowly melting toward Diane because he offered her an opportunity to stay at the, at the Abbott house. And she was like, no. Yeah. That annoyed me. Well, of him. Yeah. That just annoyed me. It's like, you know, Jack, you're, you're so stupid. I mean, you make all the wrong decisions. I don't know. I just, every time he takes a, a direction in something, 
it's the wrong direction. Yeah, um, I honestly think that he's finding connection through his son and his grandson with her. Well, sure. that's what they're, they're bonding over different things about Harrison and different things about Kyle. And um, I and think that's the where, rest. I think that's where it's building from. And so, um, I don't know. I would I be open to seeing that as part of a storyline? Possibly. I mean, she obviously is going to be sticking around for a while. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Jack is, Jack has no love interest right now. So, yeah. I mean, for good TV and you know to really oh, cool. get under Phyllis's skin, I would absolutely love that. Uh, girl, you know I'm here to watch every single one of them, and I'll I'll just complain about it if it happens. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It will be interesting to see how that goes because he looked like, for a moment, I thought they were going to really get closer and maybe share a kiss or something. Yeah. And then he was like, I better go. It's getting late. And he was like, well, you know, you can stay upstairs in one of the Abbott rooms. And uh, she was like, no, I'm just going to go home. She knew at that point when she, because that also... She's it's kind of passive aggressive in a yeah. way. She knew because she because she is basically saying, hmm. I guess she thought that Jack was, uh, or thought that Jack thought that she was going to say, okay, fine, I'll stay. Yeah. But because she's she did it, she's trying to prove something manipulatively to Jack. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna stay. I'm just gonna go home. So to kind of put some on his mind because he's probably thinking like, dang, she didn't even want to stay. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, she's playing like, coy. Yeah, she's playing coy. <clears throat> absolutely. She is absolutely playing coy. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward how this is going to implode with the crossover. My question is, does Deacon even have anything for Nikki? I don't know because there's been zero indication. Right. You know what? Right, that no contact with Diane whatsoever, unless it's exactly. behind the scenes. Because that's the other thing. Do did, did Deacon even know that Diane was in L.A.? All they remember is that he was the one that helped save her life back at the time, but that was it. What was their relationship after that? Right, right. So I guess we'll get that next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about Nate. Mm-mm-mm. Do I think that Nate should have quit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he should do uh, commit espionage? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that to me is, I mean, that's it. First of all, it's felony. Um, you know, one career is already over because of your bad decision making. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to potentially ruin your relationship with your family for life. Um, take a company that is truly trying to do great things in its space and put it in a position of a potential hostile takeover. And um, yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I, um, that's why you should not make, life-changing decisions in an, in an emotional state of mind. A hundred percent agree. 
because he is so emotionally entrenched with this battle with Devon, he's not thinking straight. And that's why Elena was trying to talk him out of this. Mm -hmm. And then now, you got Imani going, stoking it all. But Imani actually don't know about the espionage. She, no, he won't tell her that because she's a lawyer. But right. her whole ruthlessness, be ruthless, be ruth. It's like, wow, man, what is wrong with you? Yeah, well, that's why it's called Young and the Restless. So, because <laughs> she's definitely restless. She is um, absolutely restless, like a sizzling. Uh, sizzling now, I, I will plate. say, I will say this, and that was the one thing I used to say about the bold and beautiful, because this type of stuff happened all the time. Mm -hmm. Is that I'm always interested in a good hostile takeover. Oh, for sure, it's always fun to watch because <laughs> all the stuff that's I, going on, it's fun. I just don't like the way Nate went about it. It's one thing if Jill decided to open up the company to the public with this IPO. Mm -hmm. And then Victoria is like, oh, wow, I'm going in to buy up shares. Okay, fine. That's a legal hostile takeover. Mm -hmm. Right. But with Nate, pretty much because, you know, he's trying to stick it to Devon. But Lily is about to get caught up in the crossfire of this. Yep. And everybody else that work at that company, Billy, you know, Jill, all of them are about to get caught, caught up in this because if Victoria decides to buy 51% of those shares, they no longer own that company. Well, yeah, and not only that, Nate does not know Victor's past relationship with Catherine. And Ooh, if that's true. that Victor is going to be happy about them going after Catherine Chancellor's legacy, that uh, all I can see is things blowing up in people's faces with this one. The other thing is, I don't even, with Nate doing this to his family, how do you think Victoria is going to trust him? That was my other thought. Thank you for saying that. To me, the minute someone, if someone ever came to me and said, hey, man, I want to work with you and I want to screw up my family and I'm going to break the law to do it. I'd be like, oh, OK. So, um, you know, I have a meeting to get to. Um, <laughs> maybe we maybe we can talk a little bit later and then I just never answer the call again. I don't know. Or I may just say, get the hell out of my office. I don't know. I mean, to well, me, that that's just don't come in my face when I've got such a huge, um, huge uh, platform to lose my business, my reputation you know, all that stuff, because now he's putting Victoria in a position of also breaking the law. Well, and then the other part of this is that he put his cards on the table too soon. So uh -huh. she, he put it out there that that's possibly what's happening, right? She now knows that doesn't mean that she's going to put you in charge of the company now. Exactly. You gave her the goods before making a bargaining chip with this thing. So he, you don't even know how to be successful at espionage. No, he does not. You know, and then here's the other thing. The only way this whole plan works is if they choose to take the company public. Devon does not want to go public. If he can <laughs> convince Lily and Jill not to do it, this is a waste of time. Bingo. And now you've ruined your reputation with multiple people outside the family, too. Yeah, because Victoria's going to look at you with a side eye now, like, why do we need to hire you? Okay, so they didn't even take the company public. 
you were willing to screw over your family and then you think I'm going to bring you into Newman? Right. And if no. she, and like she's not going to tell Nick and her dad oh, and her mom. Of and course. Nick, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and then the other thing about this whole thing with Nate and um and Victoria uh, and Elena Elena is going to be done. I mean, how could you stay with somebody that's willing to do that? Yeah, because you lose all respect for him. And and then how are you supposed to trust him? Because he's got this other woman chipping in his ear, you know, chewing his eardrum off, telling him how to be ruthless. And Elena's basically trying to save his life so he doesn't ruin his life. And um, he's making all the wrong choices and not even listening to her. I don't even understand why he's even in business because one of the things that he told Elena um, when Elena said, hey, why don't you go back to the hospital? He said, I don't like the activity of the bureaucrats. Bureaucrats are all about business. So why are you in the business world if you don't like bureaucracy? Exactly. You know, go back, open your little private practice see little you know patients and stuff like that where you can actually have hands-on patient care but get out of the business world because you don't know what you're doing at first i remember okay so remember the conversation we had last week i was like forward thinking great ideas Mm -hmm. he should have stayed there this Mm -hmm. i I, i'm not on your side with this one nate i'm sorry (laughs) i honestly leticia i'm not either i mean I I look at this and I still go back to the whole, quite frankly, he still could do it. Nate mm-hmm. sued Devon for ruining his medical career. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have your feelings hurt. Someone could, could mess your life up, but you do not have a right to go and frontal assault them. You can use your hands in defense, but don't take the first punch. And Devon took the first punch. He ran at him and physically assaulted him, which led to ruining his career and his ability to make an income in the career that he spent years in school for, paying for. And to me, I'd be suing Devon's ass so hard he wouldn't know what to do. And um, the, you know, sure, Devon, yeah, you know, great. You doing all the stuff and music and everything, but you're a really petty, violent person. Well, let me ask you this, because somebody, I don't know if that was Elena or Lily, but somebody was saying about that whole punch that it was an accident. I think that was Elena. It and was like, no accident. That was not, a, you don't accidentally punch somebody in the face. You don't. I think what she was trying to infer was that he didn't mean for it to ruin his life or his hand, but that, so what? He didn't mean to, but he certainly meant to punch him and the punch oh, to it. So Yeah, no. so I meant no to pass. only, listen girl, look, I meant to only shoot you in the kneecap, but you happened to fall back and hit your head on the concrete. So that part was a mistake. It was an accident. Yeah. That was an accident. Get over it. No. No. You shouldn't have did none of it. Exactly. You ruined his life, literally. He broke your heart. You ruined his life. Right. And you were in bed with another woman within a couple of weeks. So get over it. Yeah. Now, I will say that there's some accountability to go around because do I think Devon is handling this thing appropriately? with 
Nate, mm, not really because he's being really stubborn. And the fact that now he seemed like he's not happy with Lily because Lily wants this thing to go public. Okay, he, Devon, if he did not want any part of any of this, you should have just stayed separate. Don't create a co-partnership with somebody when you hesitant about partnering with them. Exactly. I mean, you know, I have a lot of siblings and over mm-hmm. the years, you know, everybody has asked everybody, you know, oh, would you do this or would you do that? We've said no to each other without any problems and stayed mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. So Devon should have said, no, Lily, I don't want to lose my company to, and I don't want to have to answer to you about what I do with my company. I don't want to have any kind of consensus about what I do with my company. You're my family. I love you. But if you want to work with me, then come on over to Chancellor Winters and we'll do the, um, come on over to Winters, um, Hamilton, Hamilton Winters, and we'll do this together there because it's my name and your name. But yeah. we don't need Chancellor to do that. We already have our own entity to work together as a family. And quite frankly, I remember when they worked together as a family before, he tried to control Lily with the whole modeling side of the business. Mm-hmm. They got into a huge fight and it all broke apart. Yeah, I mean, so he should have been honest with himself and say, do I really want to do this? Despite the fact that they were trying to do the hard sell about what Chan- what what Catherine would want and what Neil would want and all of this, it's your decision now. Exactly. So if you really in your gut didn't feel that this was going to go in the right direction, he should have never signed up for this. I agree 100%. That would have alleviated this whole thing, bringing Nate on, because he was running that business by himself. So now you need a COO who don't want that you really don't want to collaborate with. The other thing is Billy is not a hundred percent being true to himself either. Uh, nobody is honestly. No, no. Between Nate and Billy, they're a liability in this situation because when, and that's the thing. And I think we talked about this last week. Lily gave him the open door to say, are you sure you want to do this? Yes, she did. And Billy is like, nope, I'm going to do be the best COO for you as possible. And it's like, come on, dude. Right. And that is part of the conversation because we also got to talk about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. That whole conversation between Victoria and Lily at the coffee house. Yeah. You know, every time they're together, there's this um, mistrust in their eyes with each other. Mm hmm. It's warranted. There's, yeah, and but yet there's also there's that mutual respect piece, right in business. Yeah, and you know, I just there are certain women that when they're in the same room, Lily did not grow up. She grew up um, in a very lovely home. Her parents made a good living. They obviously had money to do things, but obviously Neil and um, Drew were not billionaires. So Victoria growing up the way that she did was on a whole nother level. So it's almost like you have the, the Uber wealthy inherited everything, you know, went to school, ran dad's company, had dad's, you know, business acumen and all of that. Well, Lily had the latter part, but she didn't grow up with a silver spoon. 
mm-hmm. uh, like Victoria did, or a platinum spoon. She had a silver spoon. She didn't have a platinum spoon. Um, but I just kind of get the feeling that because Neil worked for Victor, that Victoria still looks down on Lily, even though you Lily's so? in the same position. A little bit. Yeah. I actually, I'm honestly seeing it where it's an issue because of the mutual attachment that they had with Billy. Because Victoria has several times tried to undermine their new relationship. She did in the beginning. I remember that. Then this whole thing using Billy against Adam and that whole Ashlyn Locke thing last year. Yeah. Which, you know, Billy would always run to Victoria when Lily is like, well, why do you always got to do things for your ex? Why is she always calling you? Why is she always giving you milk, mix the stuff and you go. So I see that piece of it. I don't know. I, I mean, I understand where you coming from. Maybe Victoria's looking down her nose at Lily. Yeah. But at the same time, I think Billy is the catalyst when it comes with those two because Victoria has been, as long as Billy and Lily has been together, Victoria has always been that third wheel that always come in the middle somewhere. She shows up like a bad penny at the worst times. I mean, and the thing is, is that anytime something goes down with Victoria, Billy is there at her back and call. And for a girlfriend, you got to look at that like, mm-hmm. that's your ex. Why do you keep running over there to her? Right. So I'm wondering if that's part of it, but they do have a business respect for each other because they're both two couple CEOs. They're running two big companies. So I could see that part of it, but I honestly think it had Billy is in the middle of that whole mess. I did. Yeah. I did like how they were talking respectfully. It's Mm -hmm. just that glint behind the eye that you get every now and then, you know? Yeah. Because at that one point when (laughs) Billy was solid with Lily in the beginning, Victoria, before Ashlyn came on the scene, Victoria was using her kids to come in between their relationship. Oh, Oh, Johnny wants you to come spend time with him and Katie needs you to talk to her and he would run and jump and go, which he's a good dad. Mm -hmm. And Lily is looking at that like, why that is so convenient. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. You know, know, I mean, you know, obviously better than I do because I don't have any, but when people have kids and they're no longer together, if they are truly invested in their kids' lives, they're going to be tied to that other adult forever. And that does have to be respected, but that person does not have a right to manipulate. Right. And there's got to be healthy boundaries set because in most cases, which I will say, you know, would, um, well, yeah, but he, he passed away almost 10 years ago, but I would say in a healthy co-parenting relationship, you've got to set boundaries, especially Mm -hmm. if those two parents have now went into new relationships yes you know i mean if you if you're out for dinner and this is a special night for you and your new person that you're with unless that kid has like you know 103 fever or something and it's not planned Mm -hmm. because usually this stuff is scheduled you know and i'm not saying you can't jump and run but there's got to be boundaries or else, if you do that, it tells that other person that they can do and say whatever they want, and you're going to come and jump for them. You teach people how to treat you and yes. how to move. Yes, you do. 
So, and that's the thing, Victoria, going back to the soap opera world, Victoria knew that Billy had a soft spot where he would run and jump for his kids no matter what with no boundaries. Yep. And he would do it and they would have special nights and, you know, Lily planned something or Billy planned something for Lily and Victoria would come right in the middle of that because she know that it'll cause a, a division between the two of them. Yeah, she's no fool. Yeah, she's no fool. And then when Ashlyn came along, then the kids end up moving over there with Lily and Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because Billy was off her radar at this point. So it was like, oh, so it showed her true intentions. Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. There's no question. Yeah, so... But, yeah, going back to the whole coffee house thing, that was pretty interesting. And then the the thing, too, is that when Victoria is not in pro-Billy headspace, she always throws shade at him. So yep. she was throwing shade about, oh, I guess he's not he's doing a podcast. He's not being the full COO. And Lily was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He signed up to do the CEO job. You know, and I'm like. This just never ends between those two. It's like either you you cool with him or you not because he was just there what about three weeks ago at her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they was talking about the past and how great he made her feel and all this sort of kind of stuff. And then the next moment you're talking trash about him. There's no lie there. <laughs> There's <laughs> not one. <laughs> you know, so I. Victoria is one of those people that is one of my least, I mean, Phyllis is probably at the second to the bottom, but um, Victoria is just so, she is so vindictive. She's pretty vindictive. Especially when it comes to Adam. For sure. Um, Okay, so there's another quick thing we need to talk about before we move over to this whole thing with um, Nick, Sally, and Adam. Okay. Chelsea, because Chelsea is feeling lonesome and look like she's trying to attach herself to Chance. That woman has been trying to attach herself to somebody else's husband for since she's been back from maternity leave. I mean, the character it the character of Chelsea has always been well, other than in the height of her and Adam when they mm-hmm. weren't conniving. I liked the character of Chelsea. But con artist and the weasel, because what I'm watching is weaseling. Mm -hmm. I I just go, ugh, when she comes on screen now. (laughs) I do. I I do like the heavy sigh, like, oh, here we go. Who's she going to glom on to today? I'm assuming that the writers don't know what to do with her. I guess. I mean, and look at the, the, the talent the actress has, and they're relegating her to having puppy dog eyes for every married man on the show. I mean, I realize there's budgets, there's, you know, only a certain number of minutes and everything, but surely there could be something else. Yeah. I I just, I don't get it. Melissa Claire Egan is a very good actress. Mm -hmm. It's just that they, they don't know she's at first it was Ray then maybe we thought a little bit of Adam because he was she was the one influential in sending him to Jabot. Yep. 
Then we saw this whole thing with Billy kissing him at the podcast. Then what? now it's Chance. It's kind of like how they did with Paris over at the Bold and the Beautiful. Well, and everybody just gets annoyed with the character and then doesn't want to see the character. Exactly. You know, because That's they- bad for the actor. Yeah. I mean, they tried Paris with Zenday, with Carter, with Thomas. Thomas. And, was there anybody else? Or well, yes, she had a, a oh, private- about Finn. Finn, yeah, she was all, yeah. Yeah, so they kept bouncing her around trying to figure out what to do with her. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with Chelsea right now. I agree. You know, and I'm like, okay, are there any free, open, single guys there right now? And honestly, the answer is no. Nope. Mm -mm. I mean, unless you want to go try for Jack. No. <laughs> I don't even, do we even ever see her have any scenes with Jack? I don't even I don't think they've think been so. any scenes together. No, I don't think so. I don't recall any scenes with her and Jack. And Nick is single, but now Nick has, you know. Um, Sally. Yeah. Yeah, we're we going to hit, that's why I say the best for last. We're going to mm -hmm. dive into that one, but. Uh. I, with this whole thing with Chelsea, it's just so unfortunate because even with Sharon, Sharon's not dating right now, but they got her in a comfortable space. She's not bouncing around. No, she's still mourning Ray and she's, right. she's, you know, so thrilled for her daughter to be off at school. And she's so thrilled for her son to have found somebody to like and to be with, and he's falling in love. And so I think Sharon right now is in a really good place with her family. And I like mm -hmm. to see that. Now, would I like to see Sharon romantically involved? Absolutely. Because she plays that romance part so beautifully and it's always, it's, she's just lovely. I just really like Sharon. Um, and I like when they do remote shoots with Sharon. Yeah. And her love interests. But I don't know. I mean, I don't want to see her going backwards. Well, originally they thought that they were going to try to put Nick with Sharon because right. it looked like it was getting closer after Ray's death, but they decided not to go there, obviously. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're setting up for a reunion with Sharon and Adam. I don't know. I, oh, okay. So let's talk about that because I heard, and I don't know, I'm not going to call this a spoiler because I'm not sure about it yet. But I heard because of the fact that Adam finds out about the whole Sally and Nick thing, he knows that Nick can't stand Sharon with Adam. Right. So there, I, I was hearing that they're probably going to push that, which I would be okay with that because I rooted for that three years ago before Sally came into the picture. Oh, okay, okay. But, well, okay. So when they brought, um, when they brought, um, when Mark Grossman on as the Adam, yeah, you know originally he came back remember that bedroom scene that was so hot where they were up against the wall it was in, at, yeah in at the uh what's that the penthouse yeah live in i was like i'm here for it let's absolutely. go absolutely then they pulled away from it chelsea came back and then they worked this thing out because connor wanted his parents together they got and back together. let chelsea go and right 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 and then chelsea you know melissa claire egan had to leave because she had she was pregnant in real life and she got a cute little boy oh 
seen the pictures. She, he is so adorable. <laughs> he looks like her too. Her husband. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Her husband's handsome too. Um. So we had that. Then we had that little where, of course, Chelsea, you know, tried the attempted murder on Ray and, you know, to get her off scene, you know, because they had to send her mm -hmm. off on maternity leave. Then Sally come into the picture. Yeah. And Sally. And we, were, we were rooting. Girl, the Internet is pissed this week over that. Livid. Yes. You know, and I'm like, writers, why did you do that? They were hot together. They were. And then through Nick, who is like, oh, we're gonna, we'll, we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to address the whole sharing thing. So yeah. it looks like it could be a possibility that that might go that route, which is going to piss Nick off. Yeah, I can definitely see him getting upset about that. Okay, you know what? Let's not even has. I I think that's it. Did you have anything more with Chelsea? And no, no. I just want to see her get a better storyline if she's going to stick around because this running after married men thing is getting real old because it's four in a row now. Yeah, Ray and Chance because Billy is not married to Lily, but, but he's he is in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, he's still in a relationship. So I mean, he's not available. Definitely yeah. not available. So, yeah, she needs to figure this whole thing out, or the writers do. All yes. right, let's go ahead over to this whole Nick, Sally, and Adam thing. Mm. Okay. Uh, writers, if you are or ever come across this podcast, you really screwed this up. Make it be a JR isn't dead Dallas moment. No, it didn't happen. It was like a dream. <laughs> Somebody woke up from a nightmare. I mean, seriously, what in the galaxy made you think mm. to go this route when we just came off of last Friday of a not the Friday of the 16th, the Friday of the 9th, mm -hmm. where Sally and Adam were actually vibing into that Chloe phone call mm -hmm. and almost kissed and man. And then by Monday she was in bed with Nick. What well, were you thinking? You know, <laughs> honestly, it's like, um, she, to me, that whole thing was, she was heartbroken. She was lonely and he was a warm body. But then the second time, but here's the thing. Okay, let me address what you just said, the first part you just said about the warm body body and being lonely. Adam put his heart on the table or at the rooftop. She knew at that moment that the door was open to walk right into Adam's world once again. She mm -hmm. chose not to take it. But she chose not to take it. After she realized that she almost ruined her career and that he was the distraction. And so now it's, I don't think it's that she doesn't still love Adam and that she wouldn't want to absolutely be with him because the chemistry is the chemistry. And quite frankly, you can't just turn that off. And at the same time in her brain in her thinking brain, she's realizing that he's dangerous for me. And so the love part, she's afraid of it now. I think 
when people say relationships are complicated, I think people make them complicated. Those two, even like she told Chloe, they're cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. She's not like a, let me see, hmm, who can I pick? A Tracy mm-hmm. on the show who's this goody person who looks out, very just, objective. That's not who Sally is. Uh-uh. Sally is the female version of Adam. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, so for her, you know, to call him dangerous when the Newmans are like two seconds from wanting you out the door. Oh, for sure. They wanted you out the door before you ever started. They, they wanted, wanted why you were you invited. Yeah. Nick is technically trying to be your saving grace. But like Nick told her, I can count on one hand who supports you. And it's probably on one finger. One finger, exactly. And it's pointing at me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if Nick decides to just turn that off, she's done. She's I would screwed. not want to be in a position like that. Well, no. And now, I mean, quite frankly... You know, after the after the clothes come off, there's nowhere to hide, right? Right. So now yeah. you put yourself into this situation where you are literally in bed with your boss. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know about company because some company clauses are no fraternizing with other employees. I don't think Newman can say that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but anywho, um. I honestly think that, and a lot of people called her this in social media, she's now an opportunist because she's looking at, do I leave this job and go with Adam and be happy? Because I honestly think that she could be happy with Adam. Oh, I they so- know each other. I'm a total Sally Adam fan. I'm all in for it. I mean, did I think that it was hot with Nick? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was hot. It wasn't as hot. Um but to me, that wasn't, um, with Adam, it was that longing that being in the same room and having that spark go off so many times and then finally playing into it. Whereas with Nick, it was like, um, I just was with Adam. He almost ruined my career life. And now I'm having this moment with you and it's, it's a very, um, intense moment. So I'm going to turn this work intensity into sexual intensity. Girl, listen, I would say the different Mark Grossman, I've seen him in other movies Uh and other kind of romantic scenes. There Uh is this fiery darkness that Uh he portrays in his scenes when it comes to, you know, any type of sex. Yep. And it makes it that it's that kind of like a 50 shades of gray type of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whereas with Nick it's more mechanical. Yeah. It what it, it's more mechanical and he's more And listen, I mean, I got to say Nick is almost I think uh Josh Morrow is pushing 50, I think. So, uh he's looking good. I I can't you know, I mean beautiful man. He is <laughs> right. He is absolutely <laughs> A beautiful man. Yeah. I always thought Joshua Morrow was just absolutely fabulous. Yeah. You know, so, hey, I'm not going to take that from Josh. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at him, okay? Right. Um, however, there is a intensity that yeah. that Adam brings that Nick does. No other character brings that. No. On Y&R. 
No, all they need to do, I would love to watch. They need to just cut the lights down low. And and I will say that Mark Roseman has a way to tilt his head a certain way and kind of lift his eye up at you and look yes. at you in the corner. It's yeah. like, God, dog. I know. <laughs> what is that? What was that old? Uh, it's his come, his come hither look. Exactly. You know, and so for somebody like Sally, she's not a Hope Logan. No. Right? Uh-uh. So for somebody like Sally, who is um, fiery, she's sultry, mm-hmm. you know, and very kind of sensual. She knows how to flirt. She's confident with her, with how she carries herself. She's like a Siamese you... cat. Exactly. So put Adam with that dark intensity really? and Sally with that fire. You have, that's why everybody. Power couple. Yeah. That's why everybody's so pissed off about that. We are YNR. We are all pissed off. Although we're still here to watch it all. We're very pissed off. Only thing is, I do think that this is a move on Sally's end on the lesser of two evils. Because mm-hmm. if I move and 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 um, stick with Nick, I get to keep my job and I get to explore a new opportunity. And I also get to stick it to my ex. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, on the other hand, I honestly don't think he's so innocent in this either. Not because, you know, there's no cheating because like my son said, because my mom, he doesn't watch the soap. He knows the characters, though. So he was like, Mom, why are you not happy about the fact that they're not together? They're broken up. If she wants to go and pursue something else, I said, yeah, but that's his brother. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's his brother. That's and a- they've had this history multiple times with multiple women. It's a road hard, put up wet story. We're all done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want that dynamic. Nick and Adam finally were making headway after the whole getting trapped together and then the kidney thing and faith and all of that. And they were finally in a good place. And now they do this. And it's like, well, I, I mean, it's the same way I feel about having two strong female characters be friends, you know, have a real friendship. Why can't two brothers be real brothers for a change, you know? Yeah, I just, I honestly think Nick figures it wants to do a way where I'm going to take her mind off my brother by me sleeping with her. I mean, what other reason could that be? Because... We have never seen in the previous week them flirting with each no, other. No, no. There was nothing connecting Nick and Sally together at all. Loneliness Except- and heartbreak. And right. Exactly. Sex. Mm-hmm. exactly. And the only thing that really set this whole sex scene off is by, by Nick touching her with both hands. Right. It's like, are you serious right now? That's all it took. Wow. That's all it took. And then next thing you know, they're on the couch. Adam shows up, knocks on the door. He walks away and then they go right back at it. Hey, at least the door was closed and locked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they, maybe bold can learn from that. Right. Because <laughs> they never lock doors on the bowl and beauty. They do not. Um, but I just, oh my God, I am not happy about this. My thing is, what is Phyllis and Summer going to think about it? Here's the thing. other thing. Mm. Spoiler alert, next week, Adam is going to bring that up. He's going to be like, how could you do this with her when you know what she's done to your daughter? Yeah. 
And then Adam and then Nick is supposed to clap back by saying, yeah, but you're too toxic to be with Sally. And I'm like, oh, my God, you too. Stop. Really? Wow. So stay tuned for that next week. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm definitely going to be tuned in. I just, I don't want those two fighting. And then my thing is, how is Victoria and Victor going to think about the fact that Nick, that Nick slept with that girl? Oh, I think they're going to be grossed out. Well, I'm wondering, because Victoria is this logical business mind. Is she going to want to fire Nick or tell him or give him an ultimatum? Like, look, uh, I she already had an issue with Adam and her job. Now you think bringing, you sleeping with her mm-hmm. is going to be able to manage what happens here at Newman now? Right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And knowing uh-huh. Nick, he would probably say something stupid. Like, well, you know, at least she, her being in tune with me, she'll be fine. Right. I can keep an eye on her. Exactly. That old adage. Give us a break. Yeah. So, oh my God, girl, I just, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and go do it again. I know. It was so funny though when Sally says, well, this didn't turn out as we expected. I just started laughing. I'm like, well, girl, you knew that was going to go down when you put the key thing in the, in the doorknob to get through the hotel room door. Yeah. Yeah. I just, mm-mm. I did I, when, they, when they first kissed Letitia, I knew it was coming, but I did yell at the TV. I was like, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Right. Make it stop. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, come on. We can't, let's not do this. Mm-mm. You know? Um, oh, girl. I, 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 I. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not my favorite storyline right now. Very disappointed. Very, because they were so close. last, And it's almost like they did this on purpose. To oh, for sure. To- yeah, to throw the fans off because they knew how invested that Adam and Sally were, especially after struggling with this whole, I'm going to act like I don't like you so you can keep your job. Right. And then when they got to last Friday the 9th and they were like making declarations, I'm so sorry, Sally. And, you know, and they looking into each other's eyes and they almost kissed and that God damn, that God darn Chloe. Right? <laughs> Listen, I had to catch myself. You did, though. You caught yourself. That you uh, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I gotta say, though, uh, Adam did tell Chloe enough. I'm gonna need you to stay out of my personal life. Right. I'm tired of people, and he said the same thing in Victoria. I'm tired of people telling me what I need to do with regards to Sally. Right. So somebody had to say something because it's like, would you all just shut up? Well, yeah. I mean, look at your train wreck of a life for crying out loud. You might be in a good place now, but let's not act like you didn't, you know, lie about who the father of your first child was and connive and manipulate and treat people like crap because Chloe was a terrible person when she first came on this show. If anything, Adam should be pissed off at her. I mean, like we said before, being blown up in a cab in a cabin and being shot at the tack mm-hmm. house. It's like, girl, you don't need to say nothing to me. 
yeah, you've already gotten your revenge for your daughter and everything else. So you need to just stay out of my lane now. We're right. Good. I mean, you, you've gotten another punch. You got enough punches out of me. So give me a break and step off. <laughs> right. I'm no longer your punching bag. Have a nice day. I honestly, uh, now let, let me, and then we'll have to kind of move on, but I want Victoria and Adam to fix their relationship. I would love for the Newman siblings to fix their relationship. I mean, the, the brothers are going to have issues, right? I mean, look at Jack and Billy, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they're going to have issues, you know, because, you know, that's what brothers and uh, siblings do, right? Six brothers in real life. I have six brothers and not mm -hmm. one of my brothers ever ever even looked sideways at one of my other brother's women. Never. Oh, no. Yeah. It is sacred gotcha. ground. But I mean, with Victoria and Adam, she, I don't, I, why does she hate him so much? Because he's named Victor Jr. <clears throat> and she's well, named Victoria. And mm -hmm. there is a battle of who is going to be the smartest one, who's That's going true. to be daddy's flavor of the year or the month, who's going to run the company, who's mm -hmm. going to do it better, who has more experience and knowledge, the Harvard grad or the girl who did go to college and all, but not Harvard and grew up with her father's intellect and business experience every day, learning from him from birth. You know, so it's I think with those two, um, because Nick it wasn't really invested for a long time with the company, but between right. Victoria and Adam, yeah. Victor Adam, it has always been since they met this battle and competition for attention, position, and the last word. Okay. That that's a good point. I will say I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Because um that's what it is. They are fighting in for affection and entitlement absolutely 100 percent. and you know the funny thing is is that they're both so smart and so willful that if they worked together could you imagine the powerhouse that they would be now i saw something about the fall preview uh-huh and i guess with going down the road as we get further into this year there's something saying that because of what's happening between sally and nick that somehow Victoria and Adam is supposed to team up. Oh. So I don't know. I'm hoping that's the truth. I, like I said, I said, the fall preview usually takes us as far as November. Because mm -hmm. then we go into winter months. And I think sweeps. When is no, The sweeps are in November and April. And, or is it May? So I think we got a sweeps month coming up in November. So... Yeah. I'm assuming that if this whole thing culminates with Sally and Nick and it comes out that, you know, hey, the COO has been sleeping with the CEO of the smaller division. Mm -hmm. And now, I don't know. It would be interesting whether this has something to do with Sally or maybe it has something to do with the takeover of Chancellor Winners. I still would like to see something where the two of them actually, because we got a little bit of a glimpse of that when he tried to protect her wedding. Bingo. Yep. And you know, when even, when they were, even when they were at odds, he went and warned her. Yeah. Eyes open about Ashton because he did not want his sister to get hurt. Right. I would, it, you know what? I would have preferred 
that whole scene that happened with Nick with and Adam. Ashlyn being in the house, mm -hmm. I would have preferred that to be Adam. Could you Thanks. imagine the shift that could have happened? I would have loved that. And if he, she's like, well, what are you doing here? Well, when I left the uh, society and I warned you guys, I saw Ashlyn, I followed him, I saw him come to your house, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that you were safe because I knew he was unhinged. Would've that would have been, been great writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. But then Nick wouldn't have had his drama of connecting with Adam about the whole Victor cover-up. We're the same now. Blah, blah, but blah. I honestly think that they could have bridged that because Victoria is Victor Newman's prized possession, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So if Adam was that hero in that moment, I think that would have made waves, I would hope, with <laughs> Nick too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he come up in there and said, how dare you touch my sister? and grab a hold and do whatever. Victoria, I would hope, would have seen him in a different frame. Right. But, you know, I would have thought that the different frame sighting would have been the several times he saved Faith, and especially allowing them to cut his body open and literally give her a piece of his insides. I mean, But that's the thing. Victoria is self-centered. Yes, she So is. anything outside of herself, she's not, I mean, she's happy that her niece is alive, but does it really impact her? No. It didn't compute. Yeah, you're right. You're and then exactly she's right. self-centered. So yeah. if this is saving her life, he probably, she probably was like, oh my God, thank you, Adam. I, you know, I normally don't like you or we have issues, but I really, whatever. They could yeah. have really did a twist with that. Yeah, I would agree 100%. And that would have impacted Nikki. That would have <laughs> impacted um, Victor, definitely. Because you mm -hmm. saved your sister's life. Because as much as Victor tries to convince Victoria mm -hmm. to be cool with Adam, she's like, no. He always tried to convince Adam to be cool with Victoria. And he tries to. He has. He has tried to. And she's always swatting it down. No, nope, yep. And Victor doesn't see it for some reason. I don't know why, but and, and but she's so defensive anyway. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Because quite frankly, I mean, she's had to be, right? She's always had to have her defenses up, whether it was with any of the men that she dated that she thought were great and they wound up being, you know, stooges, um, which is almost all of them. Um, and she winds up getting hurt. And every time, you know, her dad has told her, you know, don't do this. Now with Ashland. You know, first he was against it, then he was for it, then he was against it. So, you know, the only I, reason that Victor was against it at the end is because Ashlyn checkmated him. That's why. Because if Victor was in control, he wouldn't have had no issue with Ashlyn. Not a bit. Mm -mm. I would. Speaking of Victor, what about that conversation with him and Jack at Society? You know, I was so glad that they had that conversation. Um, and I'm glad that Adam walked up, but you know, I don't know. It's like Victor could have just said, good luck. He didn't mm -hmm. have to say, I'm done with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He I agree. had the last word because he's Victor Newman. Yeah. And I mean, even Jack called him out, like, stop, as they say, as the kids say, stop the cap. <laughs> 
Listen, you know that you still love your son. So that and and it was oh girl, it was manifested in that whole scene with Victor in that punching bag. Girl, I thought he was gonna pass out. I did too. I wondered if they were gonna make him have a heart attack, and then I remembered, oh wait, his heart's only like 40 because it's Colleen's heart, so probably not a heart attack. But yeah, I but that was the buzz. Up people all over social media was like, oh my God, I thought he was going to pass out. I thought he was going to have a heart attack uh, because he looked spent. He did. He were done. Yeah. And I know that Eric Braden is 82. And he's in amazing shape. He is. But I mean, for him to do, I was like, oh my God, Victor, what is, what's going on? Is he going to pass out? Or yeah. what are we he's, doing with the storyline? He's a modern day Jack LaLanne. Oh my goodness! I was afraid for the guy, yeah. but he was fine because he was in there talking to Nikki the next day. So yeah, he was, and I thought it was interesting that they had him, you know, truly profusely sweating. So he really was working out for that scene. And what I thought was funny too was that after the the in the sheet scene between Nick and Sally, Nick was sweating so bad. I was like, man, I'm wondering did they sprayed him with some water? That's what I was thinking. Is somebody had the mister? <laughs> Yeah, they had him drenched, right? Right. Yeah, so Sally was glistening a tad, but Nick was like sweating. I was like, man, they're they're not messing around with these scenes. I know, that's crazy. So I think we covered everything. We got a little bit of Abby because Abby is having dreams. Yeah. About yeah. chance. Um, but you know. I'm like, girl, you about to wreck something because you got a whole nother story in your own head. Right. Um, and you don't even know who's coming after your husband. You better open your eyes. Exactly. But I think we covered everything, didn't we? I believe so. Oh, wait, the going public thing. Yeah. Um, we I sort think of we, did we talked about that last week, didn't we? We did. You're right. We did. Yeah, we did cover that. Okay. Cool. That comes off of. Friday's episode of the ninth, I think. Yes. You're correct. Stuff. You're correct. Yeah. So, anywho, I'm just I, I, Nate and Sally is just okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. Oh, or shall I? Yeah. Well. All right. I'll <laughs> save it for later. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's move on to the second half of the show: the bold and the beautiful. All right. So, our recap, hold on, mm -hmm. for The Bold and the Beautiful for the week of the 12th through the 16th, Liam confronted Thomas about Thomas's motives for keeping Douglas. Ridge expressed feelings for Taylor. Steffi became obsessed with breaking up with Brooke and Ridge. <laughs> Sheila spent stolen moments with Hayes, <clears throat> and Ridge walked in on Brooke and Bill's embrace. Let's talk about Sheila first. Mm -hmm. Since she only had like, what, maybe one and a half episodes this week? Yeah. Um, She gonna get busted. I can't wait. Let me ask you a question. Which one don't you like the most? Diane or Sheila? Sheila. Oh, okay. Alright. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean... You can only walk around town. You didn't came into Steffi and Finn's house, pick the baby up out the bed, rubbing its hair and everything else, sneaking out. Finn looking like, why is the door open? Mm -hmm. 
but that's why y'all should lock doors on the bone and beautiful. That's exactly right. The thing about the difference between Sheila and Diane is that where Diane is manipulative and selfish, Sheila is evil and conniving. Mm. That's my differentiator. Girl, you got a lot of colorful adjectives there. I do. <laughs> I guess it's the writer in me. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Um, yeah, she's going to get busted. It's not, it's, you know, and I'm wondering, are they going to incorporate Sheila when um, oh. Nikki crosses over? Mm, that's a good question. I don't, I'd look forward yeah, to Yeah, I would love it because. First of all, Nikki shouldn't even be down there, but we already talked about that. And if Nikki shows up at Deacon's house, which it doesn't look like it, because I've seen a preview, like they meet up in a hotel or something. Is it her hotel room, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. But if he if she happened to show up to his house, Sheila going to be... <laughs> right? Crazy, 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 crazy town. That would be interesting, but I don't think they're going that right. I think... um, What is her name? Um... What is her name? Who? The, the the actress that plays Nikki. Oh, Melody Thomas Scott? Yeah, Melody Thomas Scott. She they said that she was gonna have some scenes with um Eric Ridge and Steffi and uh -huh. Deacon. So okay. it doesn't look like she is gonna cross over too deep into the bold and the beautiful. Okay. Because she's going out there to get a dress for summer which is why she's going over the forest to creations. And then of course, while she's down there, she's going to talk to Deacon. Yeah. Cause she needs to find out from him, the depth of depravity that he was involved with the whole Diane situation, because we know that he helped Diane, but we don't know if he stayed in touch with her the whole time or not. Right. So, but I'm wondering, it'd be nice if they could have had her running the Sheila Carter though. Hmm. And just knowing something's off, you know, with the whole red wig and the bigger lips and the mask. Right. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something's off with that redhead. <laughs> yeah, like, what is it? Right. But it does. I will say that from what we saw earlier this week, it does seem like um, Deacon is really sexually entrenched with Sheila Carter because... Oh, yeah. And I got to give it to the two of them, Kimberlyn Brown and what is his name? The, uh, Kanan. Sean. Sean yeah. Sean Kanan. Um, they're all wrapped with their legs all on top of each other. They, you would think. <laughs> I think they're both in their 20s. Yo, listen, <laughs> I mean, he reached up and kind of pulled her hair back and I'm like, Okay, I guess. Dang. I guess. Yep. <laughs> so, well, they're, they're both they're both bad bad boys, bad girls. <laughs> like, that's exactly what that is, girl. It is hilarious to say the least, isn't it? I know, but I mean, what do you think about the whole thing with Sheila sneaking into the house? Oh, I'm just incensed with it. It's like how first of all how dare you and second of all again lock the doors for crying out loud um, hey what the what lock the doors oh lock the door yeah <laughs> i mean seriously it's like it takes a half a second to turn a little knob i know right yeah yeah i don't know i just the sneaking around and anytime there's a baby involved that just makes me, it's just like, oh, no, mm -mm, nope, nope, nope. 
that doesn't sit too well with you, right? No. Yeah, I I don't know. And then I I feel for her because obviously she she wants a relationship, but that ship is sailed. You declared yourself dead. You got a death certificate out there. Letitia, your heart is so big. You feel for Sheila. Oh my. <laughs> I'm I mean, like, throw her off the cliff. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about her feelings regarding her connections with the kids. Yeah. You know, uh, again, there's that. I don't know. I, I just, because when she plays those scenes and she's like, I miss my son and my grandson. It just, oh, it gets me. I'm sorry. Interesting. See, for me, it's like, oh, there you are again. It's all about you and what yeah. you, with no regard to what anybody else wants, the parents. Yeah. Are well, she's in her own twisted way. She's trying to, yeah. Yeah. She's trying to justify all of that. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, is that um, this is how the cookie crumbled and you got to deal with it. Well, yeah, not only did you bake a poison cookie, you fed it to other people, and then you, you know, tried to drown them with a glass of milk after. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, listen, you are a writer, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> you I got just, a whole, you, listen, girl, you got a whole particular phrase to go to that whole thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Some of them are old sayings, and some of them I just make up as I go. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's being creative. Being well, you, you brought the side of me out again, Leticia, so thank you. Oh, hey, no problem. That's what we need on this show, right? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, eventually it's going to blow up in you know, and, it's, and this is going to blow up in Deacon's face, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the ramifications for him, he could lose everything. His freedom, his daughter, the friendships that he's rebuilt with people on the outside, his job, everything. He could He's the one that stands to lose everything. Because, I mean, I don't care if Sheila loses everything, but I actually like Deacon. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you do all that for what, some sex? Because we still haven't seen any money. Not a dime, and you could get that sex from anywhere. It didn't have to be from her. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. they I've heard somebody say this, actually, that sex with the crazy person is pretty wild. So huh. and I, I got to keep it low-key because, I, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into that because of the, fact that of the listeners. Right. But maybe yeah. that's why he's still there. I don't know. I can't say that I, I know about that um, aspect of it because um, I don't think I do. <laughs> but maybe that's maybe that's an unfortunate circumstance in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not known. <laughs> or maybe I'm the crazy one and just didn't know it. <laughs> You're silly. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, honestly... <laughs> Maybe it's some truth in that because when you look at Hope and Liam, though, hmm. yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> hey, so I'll just say this right quick. So I did a recap on the YouTube channel. So you guys, I do spoilers and daily recaps over on the YouTube channel and somebody accused me of bashing Brooke. And I'm like, I'm only telling the truth. <laughs> well, it's not bashing if it's true. It's the truth. I had somebody online yell at me for, um, uh, you know, Taylor's done this and this and this. And I'm like, 
Look, man, it's not like I think no, nobody calling Taylor a saint. Mm-mm. You know, um, no one is. No one is calling Taylor a saint. Uh, but to say that Taylor is the one rubbing all over Ridge, he starts it. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah. So I mean, to me, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run Brooke through the ringer when she deserves it, and I'm gonna adore her when she deserves it. And with Taylor, I'm gonna run her through the ringer when she deserves it, and I'm gonna love her when she deserves it because regardless of which ones are my favorites or not, I love seeing them all. And I love all the stories and I love when they win and I love when they lose. Well, and I love when they rise like a Phoenix. And that's what I said. And when I responded to the person on my video, I said, listen, I've had, if you watch my channel or listen to my podcast, Mm -hmm. I give them all the blues when it's necessary. I've ran Steffi through the whole ringer through that whole alley situation. So, yeah, you know, they're not all saints at all the time. It's I don't know what is it with this whole team, Brooke, team, 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 this, team, that. And it happens across different TV shows and things like that. I know it happens. So I'm not oblivious to it. No, of course. But of course. When you are, I'm, I'm, I'm very objective. I try to call it down the middle. That's why some people, you know, like you're not a Diane fan. I can see some things in Diane. I feel for Sheila in that moment. You don't feel for Sheila. No, I don't feel. I do. can't wait for Sheila to get her come up. And, <laughs> now with Diane, I, you know there mm. are a couple of redeeming qualities with Diane. She's not a heinously evil person. Mm-hmm. Sheila is a heinously evil person. Karen, yeah, Sheila, Karen, I should say. You know, I I will say, Sheila done some horrible things. Unforgivable, I, like re- unredeemable. Yeah, I mean, carrying a gun to the fight is not cool, but at the same time, Steffi shouldn't have been there in the first place. And I'm going to keep saying that to the cows. You are right. She should not have been there. And that's not the first time that Sheila has shot someone and and almost killed I mean, there's like at least Sheila has shot four people on the Bold and Beautiful, maybe five. (laughs) And I can't remember if she shot anybody on YNR. But I mean, this is the woman who is like, she should be in a padded cell with no lock on the door and a Listen, little spray to squeeze girl, You got me over here rolling. <laughs> <laughs> because you like. <laughs> Let me list her off. Give me a minute. I'll tell you how I really feel, Leticia. <laughs> Listen, you listed. She shot four. <laughs> she shot four people. You got a list over there. I do. I got my list. I'm checking it twice. She's not getting a Christmas gift from Santa. <laughs> she is not Man. a good girl. <laughs> oh my God. Sheila is, I'm telling you, she does some crazy things. I mean, honestly, there's some shootings across both shows. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we just talked about Chloe shooting Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did Victor then shot somebody? How many times he's been shot? Right. <laughs> How many holes did your body take that weren't supposed to originally be there? No. People been blown up, toes missing, um, bear fights, <laughs> car accidents. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of different things. I mean, because here's the thing. People are still pissed off at Thomas about, what was that girl name? Oh, Emma. Mm-hmm. Emma running he off the hit cliff. car. He, yeah. didn't, he was far back. He didn't hit her car. Now, he should have absolutely called for help. And quite frankly, if you don't stop and render aid, 
that's messed up. And I did admonish him at that time as well. I was like, man, that's just sick. Um, but I don't know, you know, how long had the brain thing been leading up? You know, I don't, we don't know that. We just know that he did have an issue with his brain, but I don't know how long. Cause sometimes a brain bleed can go on, you know. So let me ask you a question. Cause I don't want to get too far off track, but why did he, why was he trying to stop Emma? I'm trying to remember. He did didn't remember? want her to tell Hope that um, Beth was alive. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He was talking at her and flashing his brights at her and they went around a curve and she was looking in her rear view mirror and then she was looking down, reaching for her phone and Mm -hmm. locked control of her car and went over the cliff and then he stopped, but his car never touched her car. He did not, um, you know, he didn't ram her off the road. She didn't pay attention. If she would have just dealt with the fact, you know, and kept her hands on the steering wheel, she probably wouldn't have run off the road. Um, But I think that he had a hand in it. Well, yeah, if he hadn't been chasing her, you know. Yeah, that's what he wrote. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. All right, we're done with Sheila, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. If you guys hear me nibbling a little bit, I'm just having a, an apple slice. So I'm trying not to be, you know. Enjoy. I have one of those little cutie oranges I'm going to peel after we're done. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Liam and Thomas. <sighs> <laughs> okay first of all does nobody knock or lock the door how did Thomas like, get in I mean how did Liam get in the house and he's coming down the stairs exactly. like, I came into my home and someone exactly. who wasn't a forester was coming down my stairs it wouldn't be oh hey what are you doing here it would be hey what the blankety blank blank do you think you're doing well, you know what he actually tried to do? He tried to come up in the house, go up the stairs, see if Douglas was up there and he take him home. Kidnap Douglas. Yeah. And if I was Thomas, I would have basically, I, Thomas was way too nice to Liam. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think he should have absolutely chest up to Liam and gotten in his face and told him, I don't know who you think you are, but you don't have a decision in this. Thank you. I'm dealing with hope with this and I have not had my 50% and I'm getting that and more. So get the hell out of my grandfather's home right now. You have no business being here. Get out. I was pissed. Yeah, I was not happy about the fact that he was there, but I will give credit to Thomas telling uh, Liam that he should uh, not only understand his situation, as a father and as a son. Yep. You just got back in your father Bill's life in the past, what, five, six years, maybe longer? Yep. As an adult, you didn't even <clears throat> know who your father was until just recently. Right. And then now you're a new father of Beth. You understand what the importance is of being with Beth. Now, a lot of people were saying, why are you worried about Douglas when we don't even know what Beth is? <laughs> Well, not only that, when's the last time you saw Kelly? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, these people in glass houses and pointing fingers, they forget we can see through the glass. And when you point your finger at somebody, you got three pointing back at yourself. So mind you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. So first of all, you went behind your wife's back. And I think Hope 
went too easy on Liam too. I do too. I told you I was going to handle it. How dare mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. have such yeah. real respect and regard for me and how mm -hmm. I'm dealing with the, the son that I adopted and have 50% shared custody. Yeah, well. She has absolutely gotten in the way of Thomas spending time with Douglas because we all saw it when she made uh, Douglas go do that stupid summer reading chapter instead of being able to spend more time with his dad, who he hasn't spent 50% of his time with. Okay, so help me understand, not you per se, but I'm just speaking out mm -hmm. this whole thing. Help me understand, Mr. Liam, how you feel that you want to keep that boy cooped up in that little bitty cabin on, Brock, on Brooks' property uh -huh. versus living in the Forrester Mansion with swimming pools, a big kitchen, lots of snacks, video games, his hanging out with great his dad. Granddad. granddad. His dad, his cousins can come over. I mean, seriously. Yep. But it's all about Hope and Beth. Mm-hmm. Yep. You are absolutely correct. And, mm -hmm. you know, for Liam to come up in there and do that, that was completely disrespectful. And inappropriate on every mm -hmm. level. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm like, do you all have security at the front gate? Exactly. Because nobody knew he was there. Usually when you have... um a gated community. They are calling you up and say, hey, so-and-so is at the gate. And if you don't answer, <laughs> so-and-so doesn't even get through the gate, much less through your door. Much less up them stairs. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, I do not live in a gated community, but I do have some friends who do. And mm -hmm. I will tell you, if you just show up unannounced and they're not there, you're not getting through the gate. Yeah, you go home. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so... I don't know. I know which we're, we're trying to mix reality world. And I know. Stuff, I know. We're being silly. I know. It's like, this is a show y'all. Come on. <laughs> right. But make it make sense. Exactly. Make it make sense. You are exactly correct. Um, all right. So let's talk about, there's this little, this conversation that we saw yesterday between, which kind of connects to the conversation between Taylor and Brooke. What was said in that conversation also connects to what um, Carter and um, Thomas mm -hmm. was saying on the rooftop, yeah. which is I heard uh, with, um, oh my God, because I got something in my throat. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> don't choke, don't choke. Mm -mm, I'm good. That's the thing about what Taylor said to Brooke about the fact that Thomas wasn't in his right mind uh -huh. with that contract. And right. she got a point to that. Yes, she absolutely does. I don't think that would stand up in court, actually, based on his mental faculties at the time. Because if he had a brain tumor, he was kissing mannequins. Mm -hmm. He was doing, you know, he actually stole a mannequin that looked like hope. Right. And everything else, that, that thing was creepy. I'm sorry. That beyond. I, that, oh. that, that mannequin did not do Annika any justice. I'm like, uh -huh. how y'all going to make, Annika is a beautiful woman. How you beautiful. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a... Here's a rubber doll, life-size doll of Annika. 
doesn't actually really look like her, but sort of resembles her. <laughs> yeah. <an> evil twin. <laughs> right. And he was in there kissing it and doing everything else, you know, and it's like he was not in, of sound mind. That's the term. That was evident. He was not of sound mind to even go into any sort of agreement like that with his kid. Uh-uh. So when she said that, meaning Taylor, Brooke had, what could Brooke say about that? Not a you, word. I mean, Brooke actually think he's still crazy. Right. That's exactly right. She does. So uh, uh, if you think he's crazy now, he was probably, I don't want to call him crazy then, but he was going through something with um, the whole brain tumor at that time. How was he able to even sign a legal agreement? And I'm like, oh, that's good writers. They were going. That was very that. good. Yeah, because you actually can't sign legal documents when you're not of sound mind. And I right. would say a bleed on the brain would cause you to not be of sound mind, which we all know because we all saw the scenes where he was not of sound mind. Right, right. Now, that fast, I think that was either Tuesday or Wednesday with that whole conversation between Brooke and Taylor. Uh-huh. That conversation on Friday between Thomas and Carter, he's like, look, Hope is spending 90% of the time with my son. Uh-huh. He's supposed to be doing 50-50. Right. They right. need to address that because Hope has not been fair. No, absolutely not. And to, for her to keep standing there saying, well, I've never kept him, blah, blah, blah. You're a liar. Yes, you have. Mm-hmm. And on top of the fact that, um, you know, you're saying that um, he can see him whenever he wants. No, he can't because he has to call you and make an appointment. No, he can't. Yeah. And and for you to say things to other people and for your mother to say things to other people, like, I will not allow that. Right. Who do you think you're talking to? Yeah, that's her famous phrase. I won't allow it. Oh, and I love, see, that's when I love when they fall flat on their faces is when they get that holier than now, whichever character does it at that moment, mm-hmm. the minute you say, I won't allow that to somebody whose business you're butting into. Man, I cannot wait for you to fall flat on your face. I look mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait, mm-hmm. you know. And for her, you know, that's swinging to Brooke. For her to sit back and say they're using, okay, so at first they said, she, because she had, we were talking about this last week. There was two things. She went from one thing to the other. So at first it was, using Thomas was being used to come in between them two and then Douglas was being used to come in between these two and it's like it's not them coming in between you and Ridge it's your opposition to Ridge that's coming in between you and Ridge thank you you're talking about his son that's exactly right and how dare you question Steffi's love for her nephew, Taylor's love for her grandson, Ridge's love for his son and grandson. Who are you? I mean, do you not remember when you were so drunk, you passed out in your car and Stephanie had to go be with your kids who were left alone as, as small children? Mm-hmm. Do you not remember when you, you know, lost your, I mean, come on, Brooke, stop. Your hypocrisy is just, I mean, I really, I was so glad that Steffi said, uh, you know, started listing things to hope because the one thing that I have noticed about this show from the very beginning is Steffi admits when she screws stuff up 
and she owns it. Taylor admits when she screws stuff up and she owns it. Brooke doesn't. Hope does not. The, the whole Logan family, none of them take full responsibility for their actions. And yeah, that's, I, that's the, that's the, that's where I am more, I guess, if you're going to say team, whoever, whoever, I would be more team Taylor, team Steffi based on that. And I'm still team Brooke, team Hope. I mean, I love them all, but that's where it just gets me with regard to how the writers allow the Logans to be that such holier than thou, act all innocent. They are not innocent. Mm -mm. I just don't understand why they don't even bring up the fact that Brooke gaslight that little boy to keep that secret back on bring it up please i I said that online the other day as well and someone was like and she did i'm like are you did you not see the scene were you asleep because Mm -hmm. it was exactly these were the words like this is what was said that is gaslighting and you're gaslighting a child Mm -hmm. and hope stood there and let it happen yeah now see that kiss they could get over that kid's the old, oh, it was just a mistake, mom. You didn't know. And they want to blame it on the booze. I'm sorry. I get it, you know. And that was a horrible way to write that storyline. Terrible. Um, knock a alcoholic or a previous alcoholic off, off the sobriety. Yep, that's right. However, there are people who do drink. Now, does it kind of release your inhibitions? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I don't, you know, you, you usually don't kiss somebody that you really don't want to kiss. Leticia, I have been around thousands of people in my lifetime and had way too much to drink. And I never kissed anybody that I didn't want to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I say that bearing in mind that I'm not talking about um, terrible things that happen to people. I'm talking about. Right. right. Yeah. So I didn't want to make light of anything set by saying that. So. Right, you know, because things do happen. People yes. do nefarious things with people's drinks and stuff like that. So we're not talking about that. Bingo. We're Thank just you. talking about somebody who got a little bit inebriated and whether they go around kissing people that they didn't really want to kiss. And and she flirted. I mean, she literally pranced in front of him. She was mm-hmm. prancing mm-hmm. in the living room, flitting around, flirting with him, laughing, Tilting her head side to side, the little hand gesture. I mean, that was absolute unadulterated flirtation. Oh, absolutely. And for, you know, Douglas to see that mm-hmm. and then say, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. And then Hope and Liam found out exactly what that was. And they, they all said a part of that. Mm-hmm. So, and then, of course, by the time Douglas got over to Steffi's house, he finally told his father. So Thomas knows that they tried to cover that up. Right. So I don't know if the writers, if they do have a custody battle, maybe it'll come up then. I yeah, hope so. I want it to come out publicly where they can be completely admonished for that again. But I kind of, in one of these arguments that they keep throwing mud at Thomas mm-hmm. or Hope saying whatever crap, it's like, hold on. You all just came off of eight, nine months ago yep. trying to gaslight my son. Right. So let's not talk about who's doing what to who. Yes. 
I'm yeah. with you 100% on that. That just. My son was in your care when that happened. Uh huh. The hypocrisy so... and the. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, I got to say, hope is being a little bit. It's a couple of hip- hypocrites I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Hope is hypocritical because she gets in there and she's like, oh, my mom, my mom, my mom. But I remember hope was the main one that said, I don't want to be like my mom. That's how hope for the future was born. Right. Remember? Yep. She was like, you know, mom, you know, I don't, I want to be opposite of you. Oh, excuse me. I want to be opposite of you. I want to be different from you. Um, you know, and so I want to show women that they can be pure and this and that. <laughs> you remember that? I do. It was that? ridiculous. Exactly. She wanted to get away from the stigma of what, how her mom was and the history so for her to now get up in Steffi's face mm-hmm. talking about, oh, my mom, don't be talking about my mom like that. And you're bashing my mom. And it's like, you didn't even want to be in your mom's shadow with that. Exactly. So just stop. Yeah. Now, my other hypocrite is okay. Ridge. Oh, oh, absolutely. That man walks with a hypocrisy cape every day. So that leads us into that whole confrontation of seeing Brooke with Bill and nothing even happened. No, nothing happened. And you know, I am. So I was actually, I thought when the scene was first um, shown in the spoilers, I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, Ridge is going to run out and go back to Taylor. I thought so too, but he didn't, he stayed there and talked to Brooke and he understood that there was nothing sexual about that, but it was just, you know, when you see that the feelings come back up and you know, it's like, then you start to question. It's like, what the hell's going on here? And, um, you know, they did, they talked about it like mature adults. Now that said, he's still thinking about Taylor. Well, see, here's my hypocrisy in that because you just walked in, you look in some kind of way and then he's telling Brooke, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? And why are you here? And and I'm like, but you was just with Taylor talking about you love her too. So what are you talking about? hypocrisy all over his all face. over you're in my house and mm-hmm. you're well you were just in Steffi's house with Taylor so yeah. truth yeah. it's the truth now I gotta say that I am not happy I like the fact that Taylor can stand up for herself I just don't like her dealing with this situation with Ridge she needs to put a foot down yeah but you know when you when you when you see someone is is in a cycle of a relationship that has always been doomed mm-hmm. um, because of either partner stepping out or whatever, um, and you know you love that person, I've never been in that situation, so I can only imagine how bad it hurts the heart and how much you want to help that person escape that situation. So I don't know how a human being would be able to get out of those feelings because I don't think we have a switch. Um, I don't know how you just turn those feelings off and the heart wants what it wants. Now, is that the smart move? No, of course not. Quite frankly, Ridge needs to be alone. I mean, okay. So let me kind of, I'm trying to process what you're saying. So with, what I'm saying with Taylor is that I understand she has feelings for him. Yeah, she does. But Ridge is continuously signing up for this because he next week, is. 
next week he's going to get pissed off at Thomas and pretty much tell Thomas to stop talking crazy about my wife and you need to respect my marriage. So mm-hmm. if I was Thomas and Taylor at that point, and I don't know if that's going to get back to Taylor, I'll be like, you know what, then you go over there with her. Mm-hmm. Stop coming over here giving stop me coming signals. Tomorrow. Yeah, stop mm-hmm. coming over stop here. Oh, you know. I love you, Doc. I love you, Doc. Right. You know, kind of stuff. Don't when he called her Doc, that to me is like calling Brooke Logan. Those mm-hmm. are loving pet names that you only get to use if mm-hmm. you are in that relationship. And if you're not in that relationship, her name is Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute. What's uh, Miss Hayes if you're nasty? So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so if you guys don't know what I'm referring to, that was Shannon Jackson reference. <laughs> My name, my name is not Miss. How does she say it? I'm Janet, Miss Jackson. If you're nasty, yeah, yeah. So at this point, if Ridge wants to go over there and he makes this hard stop with Thomas, mm-hmm. at this point, they need to step off and say, Okay, you know what? You go have it, but the next time that blow up in your face, don't come over here crying, don't come running to me because mm-hmm. I've got to warn you. I, get, I even gave you other options that mm-hmm. would have been healthy and good for you. And you didn't want those options. So if I wasn't good enough for you then, I'm not good enough for you now. Nope. You know, and that's what he gets because it's going to happen. Yep. I mean, you got to look at the history. And I'm not saying before people be like, oh, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. Because I get that all the time. I bet you do. Taylor is not a saint either. No, she is okay? not. However, you keep going back to the same old, same old. Guess what? It's like the definition of insanity. Keep doing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again and expect different results. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get that. Mm-hmm. Brooke is Brooke. You yep. know who she is. And if you know who she is and what you sign up for, don't come over here expecting her to be any different. Well, and you know, I mean, as <clears throat> for in, in my real life, um, I had more guy friends than I ever had girlfriends and anybody that I went out with had to understand. And I would tell people up front, you know, look, you're going to see me when I see my guy friends, we hug each other. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're a hugging group. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything other than we love each other and we're happy to see each other. None. In fact, in our, in our group, none of us ever actually dated, but we were tight like a family in college and um, some people that didn't sit well with. Why are you hugging all these people? They're my friends. I hug my friends when I see them. <laughs> but they're, but they're got like, what do you, it was weird, but, mm-hmm. um, but you have to, again, you had mentioned boundaries earlier. Mm-hmm. You have to set the parameters and the boundaries and then um, people will respect those or they won't. And if they don't, then you exit them. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, uh, Taylor has to set those and she yep. is, I got to say, I like, like I said, no shots to Hunter Tylo because I think she did what she did in her time period on the show. I also do like Krista Allen. I like that softness, the carefree, whimsical. Why does everybody hate the fact that she's just a happy person? Like there are people that are on online going, what is she always giggling about? 
have you not heard Brooks giggle? Like, do you say anything about when Brooks always in her giggle phase? No, yeah, I, don't. I don't understand. That's weird to me. I mean, you do have people. a lot of toxic people yeah. that just like to see angry drama. Yeah. I like the lighthearted, you know, kind of, I like that personality about her. I like people like that because me they don't seem so weighted down. Right. Why would you want to be a Debbie Downer? I mean, no. I like it when I go into a room of people and there's that, you know, sometimes you go into a room of people and everybody's kind of meh. But then you see that one bright flower in the middle of the room somewhere lighting the room up. That's who I'm attracted to, to go and say hello to first, to go talk to, is mm -hmm. that light. And then that light permeates the room and then other people. But there's certain people on this planet that just want to tamp the light out. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I digress. I, that was a lot. No, no. I mean, but we were talking about Taylor, so I totally get it. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that it should be... I like that, you know, the carefree nature, the smiling, the happy, the giggly, the whimsical, yeah. the, uh, the, you know. I just don't and, know. How dare she be happy? What do you mean, how dare she be happy? I'm gr grateful somebody's happy. Yeah, she needs to set boundaries. So hopefully she'll do that. We, I'm not going to even touch on this whole thing between Hope and Steffi because that's just been ongoing and it's going to continue. It's going to continue. Yeah, you know, it's just a never-ending thing with those two. I will say next week, um, Bill and Lee is going to have a date. Nice. Okay. So look like we got a new love interest between Bill and Lee. You know, so we'll see how that go. All yeah. right, I'm here for it. All right, let's do our flip the script. We got eight minutes before the platform cuts us off and give us a two-hour max. Okay. All right, so um, what's your flip the script for Young and the Restless? For the flip the script for the Young and the Restless, I much would have preferred that um, in the scene with Summer and Kyle and Diane, when Diane just goes into lambast, mm -hmm. I would have preferred for Summer to put her hand up and say, stop, do okay. not disparage my mother. Tell us what happened without accusations, and we'll talk about it. We'll get to the bottom of it, but do not come into my house and spew that vitriol about my mother. And okay, if yeah. my mother coming in here and talking in front of Kyle about you, we would say the same thing to her. Yep, it goes both ways. Goes both ways. Okay, we what you got for bold? So for bold, um, the whole Liam thing. I mean, I would have absolutely, and I know why Thomas didn't go off on him because he is trying to show the stability factor in his life now. But that was one instance where it would have been warranted for him to go off on Liam and ask him, who do you think you are? Okay. Who do you think you are? That's what I would have, that's my flip the script there. What about you? Okay. So for um, the young and the restless, I would have, if I was Victoria, I would tell Nate, you know, stop. Let, I need you to go and, and put the brakes on this whole thing Think about what you're doing. Think about the perception you're leaving with me as well. Yeah. Before you make such a hasty decision. And this is bit me being as a business person. Yeah. Think about your family and think about what you're bringing to my table and how I perceive you working for me. I like yours better. Yes. I would have, and I'm not a Victoria fan, but I would have had her kind of, you know, back Nate up. Yeah, you know, like I'm a whole on story role. Victoria fan, but I am a hundred percent with you on this. I really I, I like that one. 
Okay, and then on the uh, Bold and Beautiful, that conversation between Hope and, I mean, not Hope, uh, Brooke and Taylor, when Taylor brought up the whole thing about, you know, um, not being of sound mind, Mm -hmm. I would have had her also bring up what she did to her grandson on oh, New Year's. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, first, first of all, you know, bringing up the whole thing about, um, you know, you not let, first, uh, we supposed to have 50 50, uh, he's supposed to have 50 50 custody. Hope has got 90% of custody, he's yep. got 10. Yep. That contract was signed with him not in a sound mind and the fact of what you did, you accusing my son of being not in the right mind, but you gaslit my grandson to keep that secret. Whether you got drunk or not and Sheila had her hand in all of that, you were the one that after you were sober the next several days and weeks, tried to gaslight my grandson to keep that secret. Yep. Yep. I would have brought that up. So, all right. What is your... Uh, who you haven't taken some seats this week? Ooh, okay. Let's see. On Young and the Restless, I'm going to have Devon take a seat. Nate needs to take a seat. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. Diane needs to take a seat. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anybody else that was just, I thought was really, wow. Are you kidding? Um, I think those are my top three. Okay. And what about Bold? Bold take a seat is going to be Liam, Brooke, Steffi. Oh, wow. You got Steffi taking a seat. Well, only because she keeps pushing. For yeah. Her. She needs to let the let her mom and dad figure it out. And that's where she needs to take a seat. Otherwise, I fully support her. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Mine taking a seat on the Young and the Restless. Nick needs to go take a seat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nate, I'm going to even throw Sally in there because I'm just not happy with her right now. Bad decisions. Yeah. And um, Imani. Oh, yes. And Devon. I I mean, Nate and Devon, y'all need to go sit in separate corners. So They do. Time's out. uh, And then on Bold, um, I kind of, well, Brooke, definitely. I just, just, just stop. Mm-hmm. Steffi, yes, because she just is relentless with this mm-hmm. thing with her parents. Agreed. Yeah, and then Liam, disrespectful to go behind Hope's back to try to, and go up in the Forrester's house, up the mm-hmm. stairs, and mm-hmm. take that boy out of there. And yes, I agree with that completely. And could you imagine coming into your own home and your kid's gone and you don't know it? And then you discover, well, where's my kid? Here's the thing. Just say he was able to accomplish that. That's more leverage on the forest side. Yep. Because it's like, how, who are you to come in in, in my house and take my son? Bingo. So he could, oh, yeah. Liam, oh my God. Now I would have, I don't know if I, I might as well throw Ridge and Hope in that too, because Ridge is being yeah. hypocritical and so yeah. is Hope. Yes. Might as well throw and throw the writers in there too. So honestly, put the writers on a stretcher. They need to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, girl, you are nut. Uh, yeah. What fun today. Yeah, the writers definitely need because I'm uh, bold. Is it's getting tired. Where's the corporate takeover? The fashion shows. The we'll have the crossover next week, so maybe that'll help. So. I'm looking forward to the Aspen shoots too. 
Oh yeah, they're going to Aspen. Well, we should see those episodes weeks, probably right? like the end of next month. Yeah, cool, cool. Yep. All right, we got two minutes, so I'm gonna close the show out. Thank you guys so much for continuously support us every week. Our numbers are consistently increasing. I really appreciate all of my OGs, all of our newbies, and everybody else. And for you guys that even, because I'm seeing some movement on the on the YouTube side. So obviously you guys are checking out CBS Soap Dish Recap on YouTube as well. So I appreciate that as well. So Stay tuned for next week. It's the week of the 19th through the 23rd. I kind of we kind of dropped some spoilers and little leaks, um, you know what's coming up next week. But check out uh, the spoiler videos that are coming out on the YouTube channel today and tomorrow. So that's all I got. You got anything else, girl? No, you have a great week, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. And my best regards to Keisha too. All right, see you guys later. You too. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on CBS Soap Dish Recap. Make sure you check us out on our Facebook group at The Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, Long Haul, Die Hard Fans Group. We are 29,000 strong and we would welcome you. Also, never miss an episode. You can check us out on other platforms such as via RSS so you'll never miss a show. Also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and more. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, give us a rating. If you simply want to tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. We're signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.